0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oscar Robertson blue out Sindor. What a year ahead of The Bucks are the
2: world champions. my going inside. Second, Middleton, Yes! Chris Middleton!
0: Happy birthday, Jason! That places up the ground! Behind the back, Giannis shut in a good ball. Holy moly! Dudley, up top. O'Bay has got a clean catch! And Milwaukee no. wins it! I play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. How many games? six it'll be if we go win a six
2: welcome to win in six number three eighty um this is jordan Tresky. uh obviously not our normal host opening the podcast and so i'm taking the reins here i'm going rogue rogue one um great film great film uh, not we're not don't have anything to do with the Star Wars universe. Um, this is a crossover episode. I am joined here with Ty Windish of the Eurostep Podcast, and it just so happens to be that we are both on the Eurostep Podcast Network. How are you doing, Ty?
3: I'm great. I'm great. I like that we enjoyed our Monday pod together so much. We said, you know what, Adam and Rohan, sit this one out. We'll do the Friday pod too. <laughs> Except you you're I love host Jordan. The energy is electric. I'm ready to run through a wall. But before that, let's let's do a podcast. Let's I think about 20 minutes on Rogue One, and then we can move on to uh, talk about the Bucks ahead of their Christmas matchup against Boston.
2: Yes, I have not seen Rogue One, so I will not uh, make <laughs> any great opinions on that movie. Uh, and yes, yeah, so it is very rare that I host. I am flexing different muscles today. You got to work your legs. You got to work your quads. Yep. You got to work your um, arm muscles, whatever they're called. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Bucks, the last time we podcasted, we talked about how great their depth is. Um, that certainly has showed at least in one game since we last recorded. <laughs> uh did really show in, in the Cavs game that the, puck, the Bucks lost by, what, Seven, eight? It turned out to be a yeah. lot, uh, not as bad as it once looked earlier in the game. Yeah. Um, but uh, going into Christmas, big Christmas Day game over the weekend against the Celtics, the slumping Boston Celtics. This is kind of the game that everybody has been circling on their calendars for um, probably even before the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. When, when the schedule came out. Yeah. Um, and yes, I mean, it's the two best teams in the league. Obviously a uh, rematch of the Eastern Conference semifinals from last year. Um, be questioned if we see uh Bucks team with Chris Middleton going into Christmas Day game. Um, against Celtics, that, that might be in some doubt. We don't know, but this is the game that we have been kind of waiting for is the big litmus test. Can things be different against the Boston Celtics? Are the Boston Celtics different this time around based on how their recent play has been going? Um there's a lot of big questions on this game and I think it's gonna be uh talked about in a very like it's like the check mark the CR stick game of like, okay, this is how what did the Bucks learn from losing against the Celtics? Obviously a big talking point was like three-point defense and all that stuff. Can that show against the Boston Celtics? We don't know. Um, that would be a big question. But what are you kind of looking for from the uh, from the Christmas Day game? I mean, I think the first thing,
3: as I feel like the first thing with every game, every Bucks game this season is health. Uh, heading into, as we record, tonight's game against Brooklyn, Giannis is probable with left knee soreness. Doesn't sound too – who knows, but – uh, and Chris is doubtful still with right knee sort of. so he was also doubtful for the Cavs game. Really hope Chris can play. We all know what a difference Chris makes against the Celtics. It's just hilarious that this game comes first. It's it's ratcheting up the drama even more because it's also the first time these teams play this season on Christmas. So yeah. I do think like it was pretty saucy by the schedule makers, and and honestly a good a good idea to do it that way. But coming at a weird time for these teams, like the Bucs hopefully will be healthy, you know, not really playing their best ball over the last couple of weeks, I think figuring a lot out. And we've got mailbag questions to dive into. There's just a lot happening right now with the Bucs, their rotation, their injury report. And the Celtics stink right now. They're one and five in their last six on a four-game losing streak or a three-game losing streak, I think, right now. Uh, they play Friday night as well before playing on Christmas, so we'll see if that carries over. But... What I'm looking for on the court from the Bucs, it's a big test for their three-point defense, even though some Celtics shooters are slumping right now. This is still a team that we know can spread out the Bucs and, you know, really test their three-point defense. We've seen mixed results. I thought earlier in the season, the Bucs executed that defense better. There's been some moments where they waxed and waned a little bit. So this will be a good test. So I'm excited to see how Milwaukee's defense holds up against this Celtics team, obviously didn't always hold up too well in the playoffs. Although, I I think we all agree, at this point, their offense was worse overall.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating for the three-point defense. Obviously, who guards who is going to be the big question that dictates everything. Um, Especially if uh, our guy Marjan is still starting. That is true. That is That is kind of the big question if Chris is still saddled with this knee soreness. I mean, we've seen the rotation kind of take a different shape since Joe Ingles returned. Granted, it's only two games. But Marjan has been starting, playing well. Um, It's a lot to ask of a rookie to guard Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. (laughs) Even go on down the line. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is not like the most, you know, um, slippery guards, I guess, uh, if you want to, <laughs> that's what you could call them. But I think there, we could see different changes if we, if we don't see Chris, maybe we see Javon starts. Um, they've kind of been toggling back and forth at different points of the season uh, with him and Grayson. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm eager because I think this is, again, this is who the Bucs are going after. They're the biggest team in my mind of, like, nothing really matters. Like, as much as I want to see them beat the Grizzlies, and that did not go uh, well. <laughs> um, as much as I want to see them beat the, the best teams in the West, it's all about the focus on the top teams of the East and who you're going to be seeing in the playoffs to get out of the East. And the Celtics represent that big boogeyman. They're going to be like that all... <laughs> For however long this era lasts, because they too have two really good players under contract for some decent amount. I know Dylan Brown's I think closer to being up than Tatum is at this point, but still like they are like parallel direction of like team building and where they are in their whole this era of the Celtics and mirrors where the Bucks are, if not shady a little younger. Um so yeah, I think the fact that, you, like you said, like the first it's the first game of the season series, a lot of expectations. Christmas Day it's the prime Christmas Day game. Really, it's four o'clock, um, Eastern time. No, five o'clock Eastern time, four o'clock Central time. Um, so yeah, I'm very I'm very excited. Even if we don't see Chris, even if it means you know we see Marjan starting or whatever the case may be, it's the Celtic, it's Buck Celtics. It's really exciting and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think. What, what are your thoughts on?
3: So, I guess we'll see, but so Robert Williams has returned. He missed, mo- I think, like 20 plus games, started the season with injury. They went really small and have been going really small. I don't know as a result, or that's just the direction they wanted to go, but their starting lineup has basically been Derek White, Marcus Smart, the Jays, and Al Horford. So. With um, Robert Williams coming off the bench here, I don't know if that's just an acclamation thing. He could start on Christmas. We'll we'll have to monitor who starts. You know, tonight, Friday night uh, for the Celtics. But if they if Boston continues to play small, that then gives you some really interesting matchup options because I I think Brooke pretty much has to be at Al Horford and Giannis. I guess it depends. It depends who else starts. If it's if it's Drew and Marjan. Do you put them on the Jays and let Giannis roam a little bit off of?
2: Yeah, that's
3: a little. It can be dangerous. Derek White did just have an 0 for seven performance, so maybe it's not that dangerous. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And if they do start Robert Williams, then obviously, or even Grant Williams, I think then it it gets a little bit easier to figure out where you put some guys. But if they keep starting super small, that's going to be fascinating. And I think we've seen the Bucks boxing out not really be great. I think if that's on point and they really put the effort in on Christmas, I would hope this is a game they get up for. I think rebounding could be a huge Milwaukee advantage here.
2: Yeah. It's funny to say, like, that's their small lineup when that is still, like, pretty big. But, like, yeah, they, like the Bucks. they have found a way to play that big, small. They they have so many options they can go to. They could start Grant Williams or you could play more minutes. Robin Williams, obviously, as you mentioned, like, returning – Derek Wyatt and even Marcus Smart, like that's a pretty big backcourt. You know, it's not, it's not um, uh, a pushovers by any means, and just a you know strength sense. Um, yeah, again, this is it's really fascinating. So many different directions that they can go to, and I think the Celtics, no matter what, they're gonna test the Bucks three point defense. They have willing shooters. They may not make them in Derek White's case in recent games, but they it's all about what we've seen it with the Bucks, it's about taking shots. Or yeah, it's about taking shots and you know, it's another uh matter if they make them. But for the Bucks and to how they've traditionally done it under Bud, it's always about hiding guys on different players that they think are gonna be threats, or you know, you're willing to Live with Derek White hitting a couple threes if it means Jason Tatum seeing a crowd every time he drives to the room, uh, rim, and Jalen Brown is, you know, scoring 15 out of 17 shots, or whatever it is. It's all about like the help defense and all that stuff. We have seen from the Bucks side of things that they've kind of gone back to those habits. I mean, those habits are going to die hard. So we're going to see a lot of games where. They slip into, well, that guy's not a good shooter and he gets hot. I mean, that was kind of like the Bulls game from almost a month ago where it's like, okay, we're going to dare anybody that doesn't shoot like two threes a game to shoot them. And on that night, it did not work out well for them. Yeah. Um, I would be eager to see them not do that because I just think it's, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. You're kind of inviting, you know, people to shoot well. And if there is no one guarding them or closing out on the three point line. Um, So yeah, that's where it's going to be the whole, how many minutes is Brooke going to play? He's so key to your defense at, at least at the rim or specifically at the rim that if you play him less, you're asking a lot of Bobby and Giannis to cover up the cracks box out, which we did the playback game against Cavs, and how many times you fight them in the ass um i don't know i i i they ever since ingles got or i mean it's only been two games but ever since seeing ingles start to play with them they look a little bigger but there's still something missing in terms of just like that second guy someone not named brook to kind of just clear out yeah get their board get a body on someone that isn't going to fly in and just you know extend a possession and then see a guy hit a three or you know finish at the cup or whatever it is it is so i don't know i i am the bucks defense we know how great it is i also just think that there are gonna be times where they just slip into kind of the energy effort jason isms that like I don't know, that will lead to their downfall.
3: I think it's gonna be really important for them to not help not over help against Boston. When you look at their top three-point shooters by attempts, the top eight, right? Do you know the three worst by percentage?
2: Uh Jalen Brown is definitely gonna be worse. Jalen Brown, Brown is worse.
3: the lowest at 33, then Marcus Smart at 34, Smart. and then Jason Tatum at 35.8. They're role players have been the efficient three-point shooters. Tatum's still scoring 30 and Brown's still scoring 26. It's not like, you know, they're totally incompetent this year or something. But, yeah. you know, helping off those guys, especially, you know, away from the rim, to leave whoever, maybe Horford 44%, Brogdon 45%. Sam Hauser's in a vicious slump, but still at 42%. Derek White 38 Grant Williams 43 So everybody else, I mean, Robert Williams doesn't shoot. Uh, Peyton yeah. Pritchard's not that good. He, I don't know how much he'll play. Blake Griffin stinks. We all know this. He doesn't play when, <laughs> when their bigs are healthy. Um, but helping off of the Jays or helping off of the role players to go to the Jays could be really costly considering pretty much everybody on their team except for the Jays and Marcus Smart has been a really effective three-point
2: shooter. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> they. It's the volume guys that you're not necessarily worried about because they're you know, putting up 20 shots a game or whatever it is. It's the guys that I, the the players at the Bucks are have always been willing to be like. We'll let them beat us if they hit get hot. It's about limiting the big stars. That's where there's Sam Hausser's five for ten against the cell or the Bucks. It's like oh, oh man, great yeah game over. Um, yeah, it's this could be a fun game no matter what. Even if Chris is not playing, which again I think there is some question about whether he'll play, but who knows. Um, where to next? Do we do we want to go on the mailbag? Do we do we rip the bandaid off and just start? Let's see what people are feeling about the bucks. Yeah, let's mailbag it up. Let's do it. Okay, I'm gonna take from Twitter first.
3: Okay, Say the Discord
2: for last. Yes, we took questions in both. Be sure that you're following. What's the win in six handle? Uh, win in six. Win in six podcast. The six is new miracle. Adam. Oh yeah, as Adam. When in numeric.
3: I really wonder how many people have typed in win in N U M E R I C. I'm not finding it anywhere. Uh, and get in the discord, <laughs> gspn.info. You can also find us across all platforms where this pod's on YouTube. Not all win in sixes are though So find Eurostep podcast network feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you don't miss an episode and
2: get in the discord. Yes. 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 All right. Um, let's go with, we're starting with. Mac Wheeler, at Side of Fries GK. He asks, does a trade get done, and does it make a difference in the postseason? Mm. Ooh, I would say yes and yes. We had some rumors, Mark Stein believes. um, Actually, let me bring this up because it was very kind of detailed about where, more, more so where the Suns are sitting and their whole jake Crowder business, I guess.
3: Yeah, so I, I can make fun of the Wizards while you're pulling it up. I know part of it was the Wizards offered Rui Hachimura as part of a, some sort of Jay Crowder deal. The Sun said no. I just, the Wizards, I tweeted this. Why are the, the Wizards are always a 32 win team and their great ambition is to become a 35 win team? And I just don't understand. And like, I, I get some people would probably, oh, should the Bucks get in and get Rui? Probably not. He's not very good right now, but he might be good someday. Like, he's an interesting player. Like, exactly the kind of guy the Wizards should be trying to develop. But no, they, let's throw him away. Contract control. Maybe he's really good next year. We need expiring Jay Crowder, who is certainly leaving, unless we overpay him in the offseason. Just so bizarre. I ugh, The Wizards.
2: They're, yeah. I, <laughs> very um, mid-2000s bucks, Yeah, Wizards are. Yeah, very familiar. Beal has, Bradley Beal has carved out this role as um, – a Michael Red, Well, we're much better paid. Michael red has got to be sitting here. He's, he's heavy into business Michael Red got a big deal, though. He got he a did. big deal. I mean, the equivalent of whatever year it was, 2005? That's
3: whatever. true. He's got to be, in actual dollar amounts, he's got to be sitting here like, man, if I had done my thing <laughs> in the 2020s, inflation, 60 million molasses, last year in my contract.
2: Alright, here's from Mark Stein. Um, this is from Thursday. It was hit, the whole... Pieces about searching for sellers as the trade deadline starts kind of you know or trade season gets underway
3: yeah the issue is teams like the wizards don't realize that they should be sellers so we don't exactly. have exactly <laughs>
2: um when it comes to crowder three eastern conference teams milwaukee and miami and those same or the atlanta hawks have been widely regarded as the veteran swingman's most ardent suitors since it was announced in september that the 32 year old will be away from the suns until a trade partner could be found um goes into the Wizards deal. He explains that Phoenix is said to be holding out for a certifiable starter in a Crowder deal. Now, if you're going Bucks Sun straight up, Grayson Allen is not a starter for the Suns. Yeah. have Chris Paul and Devin
3: Booker. And I think we've known this because it sounds like the Bucks offer has just kind of been there for a while and the Suns yeah. said no. Like I think the Bucks are interested in Crowder I, I think the Suns just don't care about which makes sense, as you say, like right. Like you wanna get you wanna go really small to start all three of those guys? Probably not.
2: Yeah. That's where they have been linked. The Shams had the thing a couple weeks ago about the three team trade. Yeah. Um, Eric Gordon that, Yeah, Eric Gordon, K J Martin going to um Phoenix, which I mean, under that scenario is Eric Gordon a certifiable starter. Doesn't matter. Maybe. Um, <laughs> it kind of it might
3: matter to the Suns, that might that be why Jay Crowder is still there.
2: But to me, if it's if we're specifically talking about Jay Crowder, I know that this is not what the question is based around. Yeah, that's just what we're heard about, about, though. Yeah, um, the Bucks are relying on a three team trade because the Suns don't want what the Bucks have, at least right now. Things can always change if Jay Crowder is still on the team come whenever the trade deadline is, early February. Um, but to me, the fact that they have to hinge on another team getting into this process and kind of drumming up interest, I think even like they'd be willi- the Bucks would be willing for another third team to come in, um, seemingly because that original deal kind of died on the table. The fact that yeah. it's coming out and you see the names associated with it. Yeah probably means that it's not an active my, my Yeah.
3: My vibe was – I thought it was – it seemed like it was close. I think there was a little bit of a hang-up from what we've read. K.J. Martin's inclusion, I, I think the Rockets want more then. I think the Bucks were sending like four second rounders out plus Grayson. Uh, I think Sarich then goes to Houston. Eric yeah. Gordon and K.J. Martin go to Phoenix and Phoenix. Crowder goes to Milwaukee. KJ, I think Eric Gordon, they don't care that much. I think a couple second round picks, the Rockets are like, yeah, why not? But KJ Martin is like a, a promising young player and they're not in a position to give up on those. And it's honestly smart for the Rockets. I think sometimes teams have too many young guys and they just kind of give one away to make things easier yeah. for them, which can be dumb if that young guy ends up being one of the better young guys on your team. The Rockets, I think, want more. It sounds like Phoenix wasn't giving up anymore. I've, I've, t- They've been tied to Kuzma, which makes sense. Like,
2: I think I think what they want to do is upgrade. So, is that where the Rui thing comes from? Where it's like, okay, we'll stump for... Or, I guess that was more the Wizards. Yeah. I mean, I bet they were so. like,
3: hey, you guys are bad and Kuzma's expiring. Can we get Kuzma? And the Wizards are like, no. Are you kidding me? By
2: the, by the way, Kyle Kuzma, congratulations for winning the award of saying you're going to decline your player option. During the season, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Trevor, there was someone last year that... um Al Farouq Aminu was said to have said that <laughs> he would take up his yeah. yeah yeah and I was like oh okay well that settles that and then everywhere <laughs> Kyle Kuzma I think has taken an award from uh, Al Aminu he and Miles
3: Turner are competing right now for the yeah. like most trying to get the hell out of here um, but it's like the Wizards are just hilarious. Like we're in twelfth right now we're only two spots away from the bottom play and we're not giving up Kyle Kuzma on expiring. Um, but I think I think what I what I can get from the Suns is like they want to upgrade Crowder. They don't want to just make a lateral move, and they have Landry Shamit. They have some picks. There's an ownership change, Cam, which complicates things. Cam Johnson yeah, is hurt is a now. Day. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be a big problem. I don't see this resolving until the trade deadline because you look at recent examples. I think it was PJ, obviously with the Bucks that. That was practically a week up to the deadline. Um, Trevor Reza, was that two years ago? Last year? I can't remember when that was.
3: Yeah, he was like
2: holding out. He was on the Pistons. I he went to that the. He, the
3: he went to the Heat, right? Yeah, that worked out well for them.
0: Yeah, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Uh, the, the one difference, though, is the Suns are good. And that's why yes. I, I wouldn't surprise me if something got done sooner because they wanted to like figure out what their team is. It's a pretty important, especially with Cam Johnson, that's an important piece to be missing. So I think they're pretty motivated. I think they're the ones who keep leaking all this stuff to try and get something done because they got to be like, man, like we want to be easily first in the West right now. Like the West is not great. I mean, there's some good teams at the top, but the Suns should be thinking they're one of them. Like I I think they should be really motivated. I wonder, are they waiting to see if they can get Bojan? Everybody wants Bojan right now. Oh, and the Pistons keep saying they're not going to trade him. I think that is the Pistons. We're not going to trade him unless you send some real stuff.
2: Both, both teams are operating from a position of strength where Crowder yeah. is a guy that a lot of the contending teams want, but they don't have assets that the Suns necessarily they want. Yeah. Um, I guess you could throw the Hawks in there, even though they're not contenders. Um, but, like, Boyan is playing ridiculously well. He's attached to the Lakers because who isn't attached to the Lakers? <laughs> rumors. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think that – I also – I feel like he was linked to them before – or he was linked to the Suns before he got dealt to Detroit when yeah. everything around Utah was looking like you're just stripping the, the yeah. whole thing down. Um, oh, as John Collins, too, maybe,
3: for, for the Suns? Both those guys are expensive, another... but they have Landry Shammit sitting around. They can include Cam Johnson as a sweet And you're going
2: into Aiden, right? No, I think I think they're gonna keep Hayton Honestly, that's true. well. I guess I mean for like salary purposes. I mean, no, I think I think, how- I think
3: I think Crowder, Landry Shamit makes like a lot of money, and then Cam Johnson makes like eight million. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have Landry Shammit I think I think that's part of the salary for them and Sarge.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, obviously, the, a lot of the attention is going to be on Jade Crowder, and I think yeah. the Bucks are going to hold out any hope to get him. Yeah, I mean, I guess um,
3: other guys, I don't know if you have anyone in mind, just quickly for the Bucks because we just talked about the Suns for 10 minutes, but the the, Pistons, <laughs> the other Pistons guys, Alec Burks is like sort of interesting, but I think you've got to basically feel like at that point, Ingles isn't working, and we'll get to Ingles more, and, and Wes and George aren't necessarily working, because I don't know if he's a clear upgrade. I get like Nerlens Noel. They have two. I I just I don't uh, care. I mean, Serge is fine for what what they need of him. It doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah, I think it, for me, the whole question for me is going to be like okay. Who is really willing to like be a tra- like a trade target, or are we talking? We don't even know about like buyout guys that are going to emerge because everything is so crowded um, within the East and West. It's like. You can only look at, like, the Pistons or even... I mean, you can't even say the Magic anymore right now because they're surging. Any team that, like, the Bulls, if they continue kind of just floundering or just, like, you know, the path that they're on, there's not a lot of those teams that are, are sitting as, like, oh, we have a veteran. We'll put you in a new home. Maybe that is Alec Burks for Detroit. I don't know. Like, it's not necessarily, like, a... uh, uh a deep field of, of teams that have veterans that can help come playoff time. too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a weird kind of a trade field, I guess, right now, where it's like, I guess John Horse is always going to be willing and active and stuff like that, but sometimes the teams that you expect to be sellers don't necessarily feel like they are or doesn't materialize in the way that you imagine. That, you know, we saw the Bucks uh 2019-20 season they didn't re- they didn't make a trade they got marvin williams off a buyout but like that was about it um and that was not necessarily a if i remember a busy trade deadline too um it was more like the bigger stuff but it didn't focus on like the rotation guys that the bucks are always going to be you know in the in business for because yeah you know, they're playing for a championship gary
3: harris if he can stay healthy He's averaging ten yeah. points, shooting thirty forty three percent from three, but he's only played six games because he can't stay healthy right now. Yeah, that's they're yeah, in Mo like Bamba again. I feel like no one cares anymore. It was such a hot topic in the
2: offseason. Uh, yeah, I think yeah Mo Bamba is like there. John Collins is like all right. Yeah, we're gonna trade him. <laughs> Let's get him Everybody, out of here. Bueller, Bueller. Should, the, right, Bucks, uh, should the Bucks get Trey Young? No. Apparently, um,
3: no. <laughs> no, I'm not interested.
2: Let's keep up on this uh, Jay Crowder bandwagon. Hunter Young at Hunter underscore y13. Do you want Jay Crowder? Ty, do you want Jay Crowder?
3: Yeah, I want Jay Crowder. I, I think it, 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 we've talked about a lot about Crowder over past episodes. Shooting is questionable. He still scores the ball because he just does stuff. Big big strong defender I don't think he's a stopper but I think he's a big strong defender also he's got a little bit of that you said ass earlier I'm gonna make an explicit pod he's got a little bit of that as Bill Simmons would say about Danilo Gallinari a little bit of fuck you and I do think the Bucks could use it I think the Bucks are a little short on that and some of these games like I think they could use another guy who's just like I'm gonna go be mean a little bit to the other team I think they kind of missed that sense PJ here and there and I wouldn't hate adding a guy who's like I, Bobby can bully people, but it's like kind of here and there, and it's not defensive. I, I would like
2: some more bullying on the Bucks. You want some shit Let's continue yeah. on this explicit tag. Yeah, yeah. To borrow from uh, the world of football, football. Um, yeah, you make a good point. That was the point that I was going to make. Is like PJ when I know he only played like what three months with the Bucks. Yeah,
3: it's like this, this central did. figure in Bucks lore. He was
2: here for for February to June. Called hero, man. Called yeah. hero. But he asserted that like you need someone that is just gonna be in like an irritant. Jay Crowder watching the finals was an irritant. He did things that like Jay Crowder, no, you yeah. are baiting into fouls, you're um, you know, all that stuff. Like he I think you made a good point. Like he's not a stopper by any means. But hey, let's kind of let lessen the load for Chris on defense. Jay Crowder, we're gonna put you on. Jason Tatum. Yeah. Or if you're playing Philly, we're going to put you on Tobias Harris or uh, James Harden, whatever the case may be. That's where – that is always going to be of use to the Bucs. It's – West is kind of – he's a relief pitcher yeah. for the Bucks right now. Yeah. I don't necessarily trust it. I mean, Jay Crowder is a younger Wes Matthews. He's yeah. And, and he's, he's going to score a little bit more. And
3: that's the difference. Like, yeah. PJ is a better rebounder, better defender. But Jay is like typically scores like ten points a game ish, depending on his role, which is a lot compared to PJ, who had, I think, five zero point games in the finals, and West, who has just not sniffed double digits in no. a long time in a playoff run.
2: You kind of need yeah, and as we have seen, you need someone that is gonna take those shots. You might you might not make them. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna say Grayson Allen or Jake Crowder is a better shooter than Grayson Allen. No. Grayson he's Allen's not. a better shooter. Yeah. But I, who do I feel is going to be less afraid to shoot in the playoffs if, you know, he's getting closed out on? It's going to be Jake Crowder. The guy who goes to the finals like every other year, basically. That is the, that's the other thing. Like, I know he's been on a lot of teams at this point. Yeah. (laughs) But he does have some winning pedigree attached to him. I know it's not necessarily, he's not the one, the straw, the straw stirring the drink um, in this case, but he's not stopping him from going either. No, he's, he plays valuable roles for wherever team that he lands. Um, I don't know. I, I think I definitely would like him. I think the Bucks need someone of his position. I know Joe Ingles, I probably have talked about this way too much. Joe Ingles has, like, given the Bucks a little bit more heft in the forward department because they're playing game Like, Bud would turn to a rotation of, like, it's Giannis going. It's They're going small with Giannis at center. But they have George Hill or Javon Carter with Pat Grayson. Like that is super small. Yeah. That's not going to do it against the Celtics or another, let's think of another big team that they could probably play. If the Heat kind of get it together, in, yeah, based on the playoffs or Philly, like you can't, I don't think you can go by on that even for like six minute stretches or whatever the case may be. They just kind of need that three, four that like Jay Crowder kind of is. I'm not necessarily saying that he's gonna be a PJ checker because PJ everybody underrates like how strong PJ is, and there's a reason why you can put him on Kevin Durant for 48 minutes of the game. And, yeah in overtime too. And he's just gonna keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Um so yeah, Jake Crowder kind of he fits the archetype of what I think the Bucks need the most if you um need to make a deal. Yeah. I, am I gonna move heaven and earth to get him? No. That's that's the big question. I mean, that's obviously why he's not on the Bucks right now.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> So for a frame of reference, Grayson Allen has played 435 playoff minutes in his career. How many do you think Jay Crowder has played?
2: Oh. Total um, playoff minutes. He's been to what two finals, two? Uh yes. Total playoff minutes. I'm gonna go like I. That's I, like 2,000.
3: 3,199. Whoa! He has led the league in playoff games played twice, which doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I, don't I think, don't he think he went to the that. final. That doesn't seem possible. I don't. I'm gonna doubt that he led the led the league in playoff games in a series where they lost in the ECF. But he has played in the playoffs a ton. Is the point? He did lead the playoffs in threes attempted in the Miami finals run too. He shot 34% that postseason, so not great. But he shoots him. Yeah, just uh, he, he's not going to be afraid of the moment. That's for sure. No, no,
2: not at all. His tweet about Drew taking his rings was also hilarious. <laughs> that is, Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, all right, next question. From at MLFFTW21. Is it possible Marjan could be a consistent rotation guy for the playoffs this year? To go in another direction in terms yeah. of yeah the playoff direction, no.
3: <laughs> oh, I don't think it's possible. Um, <sighs> I don't
2: think it's likely, but I think it's possible. It obviously is dependent on if the Bucks make a move. Yep, and if it works, and if it works, that's a good point because you know. It's not necessarily about Jay Crowder. Now you're getting into Ingles' territory, which they have. He's gonna. I would assume Bud is gonna play over him if you know push comes to shove. Yeah. Um. I just. I don't know. I think they. We don't have another example of this in the Bud era. Like Dante got hurt. They didn't. They haven't made another first round pick <sighs> until Marjan. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you're going into like. We didn't see Jordan Warren in the title run all that much. No, you know, this is, of like garbage time. The issue of him
3: not being good was there, too, though.
2: That is true. Yeah, that is. A, <laughs> <laughs> I should make that uh, example or comparison when when um, Marjan is doing a lot better than Jordan Warren did. Well, Jordan, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Marjan. I would like to see... Obviously, we all want to see more consistency. We want to see this over a large stretch. Maybe this the entire season. That would be very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do think that they... If you're going to earn Bud's trust, it has to be overwhelming. hmm And you're going to go through rookie ups and downs and slumps like that, unless Marzan turns out to be an all-star. <laughs> that would There's be nice. Dynamo under our eyes. Um, I just think that they're it's going to be too much too soon. Uh, it probably will be. Uh, for me the reason i think it's possible is the fit
3: is just really there. like every time he's on the floor, he, it just looks like he's doing good stuff. it looks like he was it looks like he's been a buck for a while the way he just kind of yeah. fits in most of the time. he's got to cut the turnovers. i think that's the most important thing for him. probably the fouls a little bit as well. but we know the effort is going to be there defensively. The shooting is a big deal, although probably I honestly don't think that's going to be what swings it for him. Like, I think if he's not shooting the greatest, the Bucs are kind of used to that. And I think that, that that might not doom him. But I think it's going to be the turnovers, the travels, mostly. And, like, what kind of an impact, what kind of an outsized impact can you make defense and rebounding? Because he is a good rebounder yep. as well. So, you know, again, I think it's certainly uphill sledding. I think there's vets ahead of him. They might acquire more vets to be ahead of him. That's the purpose of team building is to have options and, you know, make guys earn their minutes. I think right now we can talk about some of the other guys he's, I guess, competing with. I think he's holding up pretty well uh, compared to some of these other defensive wing players on the Bucs or that size wing players on the Bucs. So, again, it's uphill. But right now he has minutes because of Chris's injury. Let's see. I mean, I think he's got a chance. I think it's possible. I, I would not bet on it. And again, I've we said this all along, Rohan and I. Like, if he's playing in the playoffs, either something horrible happened, a couple of some things, or something really good happened. Like it's one or the other. Hopefully, it would be for the really good reason.
2: Yeah, even Pat too. I think Pat. They have been slow to really unleash Pat. Yeah. consistently. I think Pat's um, gonna Pat's all Pat's locked in. Like, I mean, oh Pat for is, sure. Yeah, I do think that explains why we're seeing Marjan a lot right now. And yeah. We would have seen him if he hadn't gotten sick and been yeah. missing all those games too. Um, it wasn't. I think there was some question of Bud not playing because of that. But it's no because Mardan was sick.
3: I mean, I think <laughs> he he didn't play him a couple games
2: before that came out.
3: Yeah. Also, Mardan had like sixteen turnovers to six assists and in, in the month of November, like there was. He's still a rookie. like he's still merit through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an even assist turnover ratio in December,
2: shooting forty six percent from three. I think so. Let's see. There we go. Um, Back to Hunter Young at Hunter underscore Y13. Do you have health concerns for this team long term, including the postseason? I
3: think you have to have some. Yes. I'm not giving up on anything. There's some doom and gloom folks out there, which I kind of do understand. Honestly, I mean, Chris, can can we get 10 games from Chris in a row? It'd be nice. It would be
2: nice. Chris is obviously the big the big name.
3: Um I'm not really I'm not that
2: worried about anyone else, I don't think. No. I this comes with an older team, you yeah. know, right? It's just like Chris is I think thirty-one, thirty-two. Um Joe angles coming back from an ACL tear. He's, you know, at least looked but well, I would say physically fine. I know he's gotta get up to speed in terms of just, you know, his overall play. Yeah. Um but then it's you know Brooke is on you know thirty five. Drew's on the older side, turn you know north of thirty at this point. It's an older team, so you're gonna nest, yeah, if you're gonna be kind of worried about durability, and they have a couple guys coming off of significant injuries. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it, always gonna exist. It, it's it's part of why the Bucks you know you capitalize on other teams suffering through injuries. It's part of basketball. It's part of all sports Um, all sports yeah yeah um but yeah there are sometimes where you you capitalize on it and sometimes those opportunities hit you at the worst time possible yeah um yeah that's where i kind of just stand even if it's not necessarily like i'm looking at chris or joe joe currently we could be talking about them knock on wood uh (laughs) be without you know drew or whatever the case would be um yeah, that's just kind of where I stand, uh, at least.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look around the league, it's not even just the old teams. Like, the Sixers were without Harden and Maxi for a long time, and they're still without Maxi, who's not old. Like,
2: it's just yeah, part of the league. There's kind of a weird thing going on with that. A lot. Like.
3: Yeah, he's been quite a while now. But yeah. um, the Celtics have been pretty healthy, but obviously without Robert Williams. Like, if you name a team, there's probably Steph just got hurt again. Like, there's only so much yeah. you can do. It doesn't help, too. I think it feels worse. Bucks keep getting sick, like the the illnesses going around the league, and I think everywhere. I think everyone knows a lot of people who have been sick the last month or two. Like I, I, that has made it look even worse. I think than it than it actually is. So, um, but yeah, it's always going to be there to some extent. I am not going to let it ruin my day or ruin my year of Bucks fandom. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, at Cowboy of Space, does it seem like a lot of our losses this regular season can be chalked up to our old friend Jason Kidd's favorite phrase? Energy and effort. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. They, they haven't gotten straight out played too often, I don't think. A couple times. Memphis game for sure. That's obviously that felt like five games, but it was one. But it, yeah. it was just like it was not there from the beginning. Yeah. Could have easily said the same about the Cavs game. The first half of the Cavs game for the sure. The first half. Um, but they showed a, a resiliency in coming back and it was a matter of just hitting shots or not turning over the ball. How yeah, many times I did that game, the Bulls game, I would say. Yes, the Bulls game was that was like my first. Like, oh, I I haven't felt this feeling in a while. It was yeah, like, you guys just punted on this game. Yeah, probably I didn't. I didn't feel that since uh, game two against the Bulls uh, last <laughs> spring. Yeah, um, oh. what? Is, there's has to be another like. I would say the Lakers and Sixers
3: games, I don't think it was that. I just thought they played dumb in those games, which is another classic. Like, Drew and Yadis just stopped passing entirely in the Sixers game and brick a bunch of shots. And that was the game where they lost Maxi in that game. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, all we have to do is, you know, let Brooke do his thing on Embiid. And they start doubling and Embiid is just like making easy passes. Like, I think they've over-adjusted in some games, but I wouldn't call that. That's a different issue, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I I think those are probably the biggest games that I could think of, like where it just felt like they are not turning it on. Yeah. Oh, uh, no no. Um Rockets game. Rockets less Oh yeah. Yeah. That was another like Giannis goes off to this hot start, it just disappears, and then you're just kinda like it was a lot yeah. of the swing the ball around the perimeter, shoot threes, you're not really attacking. Your offense dries up, the Rockets are just playing more motivated and hungrier than you. Yeah.
3: I feel like that game um, and kind of the Cavs game too, they're both games where they really missed healthy Chris. Yeah. Because some of these games, I think it it doesn't start that way always, but for the Cavs game it did. But the the thing about Chris and his importance is like teams can barrier off the rim and make it really hard for Giannis. Like almost any team can. Like, you need the perimeter shot making. So if Drew is not playing or if Drew has an off night, then it really comes down to role players without Chris out there. And that's why Chris could break open defensive shells for Giannis. When he's not there to do that, it just gets harder. So, you know, I, I think certainly that they didn't try hard enough in a lot of these games we've said, which it's an 82-game season. They're still first place in the NBA. So clearly not that big of an issue, I think. But I also think you really feel what, the, what they're losing – when they don't have Chris out there in some of those games too. It just makes it easier for everyone.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another from at Cowboy Space. What's on your Milwaukee Bucks Christmas list?
3: Hmm. I don't
2: know what I would say. Like what we would give the Bucks. And that's how I'm interpreting the the question. I don't I don't know what I would necessarily I mean. Obviously, I would like to see a healthy Chris play consistent yeah, games. that's and probably the first one. Yeah.
3: Healthy Chris on Christmas, starting from then on.
2: Joe Ingles, you know, getting up to speed. Yeah. And he, it's honestly, it's more about, like, what they have. I want to see what this team is, because they made, yeah. they made the move to get Ingles. They made this deliberate process of, like, bringing Chris in the way that they did. Obviously, got sidetracked with the death of his father and all that stuff, but, like, they had a whole, you know, process of going through this is when we're going to bring him back and we're going to bring him slowly. I don't necessarily think that. I mean, we'll see. I think we're always going to be worried about like any any time he pops up on in the injury report, we're going to be worried about what does this mean? What is, Like, is it yeah. them kind of, you know, gaming the injury report and just putting a thing on him? Or is it actual, right. you know, he's feeling right knee soreness or whatever the like case may be? So, yeah, I think top of the list is healthy, Chris, because he is so instrumental to this team that you want to see him play as well as he can. I
3: agree. <laughs> I'll do a fun one. That's fun, but I'll do a spicy one, too. I would like to gift the Bucks one Emmanuel quickly. Oh, Ooh, the reports keep coming out that the Knicks are, yeah, we'll trade Emmanuel quickly for some reason. They won a lot of games now. He. Scored twenty and hit a bunch of threes in their last two games, both of them. So, don't know if they're still interested in that or not. And I know people say, "Oh, the Bucks have Javon." Yeah, I love Javon. We're really like a young scoring threat guard off the bench. He's already proven he could do that at an NBA level. Like, I'm interested. I would take the flyer if the pro- again would I move heaven and earth? No, but if the Knicks are like. Yeah, Jordan Warren, three <laughs> seconds, and you can have Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, I would I would like to see what Emmanuel quickly looks like on the Bucs, for sure. If
2: the, if the Knicks are willing to just be like, yeah, we're going to trade one of our better players yeah. for no expi- like explainable reason. We're, let's do it. This is t- Tibbs. Well, Deuce. Deuce, play, deuce Ice is better. We're going to go with Deuce. Eric, get back up here. <laughs> no, yeah, they move him, too, but I'm good on that. Yeah, I think we're all good on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to Discord. Join oh, yeah. the, again, join the Discord. We call mailbag questions out there. It's fun. We talk about Bucks, not just Bucks. We talk about Packers, Brewers. Yeah. Just a little, a little plug for the Discord. Um, we got multiple questions from, uh, the same people at Tommy EBEAT. I think it's Tommy Evans Barton. Yeah. Building for, uh, on Talk of the Tundra recently. He did yep. Very good. Um, he asks his first question. Let's go. <laughs> what do you see Joe Ingalls' role on a team beat? Seems like they're currently having him camp in the corner way too much, but he's only also he's only like twenty five NBA minutes back from t- being ten months off. I think I mean they're having him handle
3: the ball sometimes. I think they're gonna ease him into doing that more. And I think it's it's instructive that George Hill is the one sitting out when he plays. Like yes. that's the so I, I think he's I think he's a backup ball handler which is probably not good for Javon's opportunities doing that. But Javon has also been a little inconsistent, hesitated a little bit too much, and I think could probably use another ball handler on the team anyway. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, As long as Inglis can play well, which so far, not the case. But as Tommy said, 25
2: minutes. 25 minutes. He has not played well. I think he had three turnovers in the Cavs game. A lot of that, like, as much as we're going to look at him as, you know, this dead-eye shooter, for me – a lot of the turnovers could just be attributed to, I haven't played with Giannis before. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's all timing stuff. It feels like that has been kind of, you know, weighing his play down, I guess, to this point. And as you mentioned, like he has been handling the ball. It's not necessarily like you're standing in the corner. We're not going to have you, you know, drive action. I think it's more, he's not like, there's not a de facto point guard. George Hill, even though he's playing as you know the one, it's not like he's leading the offense time in time out necessarily. That, that that could be the case with like bench lineups, but even so, like the Bucks' offense is is designed for everybody to touch the ball if it runs the way that they designed it to be. Yeah. Um, so, I I don't know. I think I think Ingles is kind of they're gonna work him his way into kind of being the, um, multi-purpose, you know, uh, what I'm trying to think of like an analog to not be like a point guard, but like you're going to touch the ball. You're going to make quick decisions with the ball. If it swings your way, it's not necessarily about you leading the offense. It's like, can you keep your secondary creator? Yeah. Secondary creator, second or strong, whatever, uh, Obscure NBA turn that as keeps getting floated out with like Joe Ingles, but yeah, he's like a second, secondary creator kind of guy that they they want him on the floor, um, rather than being like you're the point guard. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think they let him defend Donovan Mitchell in the Cavs game. I, I don't think th- I think he should be defending like non-star players in general. And really, like more threes, three and a halfs, fours than anything, because the strength is there. He's a smart player. The quickness is really not there. And I mean, it's not like he was super fast. He's called himself slow for like ten years. But <laughs> I just think, especially where he's at right now physically, like he looks good. He doesn't look fast. So I think they might have to revamp their expectations for what he can do defensively. But yeah, yeah I think I think that's what it'll be too.
2: Yeah, that's part of the part of the feeling out process that I think that they'll have with him yeah. just seeing. You know what? What he's, what can he do? What is he strong at, and what he, you know, he has to work on and stuff like that. Um, second question from Tommy: How much does Marjan have to do to get playoff uh, rotation minutes, or is that just not possible? Sands' injury, knock on wood, with the current depth.
3: Yeah, we kind of talked about it, but I feel like ten points per game, efficient
2: shooting, cut the turnovers, be a good cut defender, the turnovers. Yeah, he already plays within his role. You mentioned that, too. Already plays within his role. He's making progress on his shot faster than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just play within your role and not kind of – is he ready to make plays on the ball like he is? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that will come in time if he just you know kind of works his way through that and they develop in a way that he can just be more than a 3 and D guy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you mentioned it's possible he's playing more than Wesley Matthews has recently.
3: Yeah, I Um, I think part of the calculus is honestly Wes and Hill and Ingles continuing to look old.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's all about can Marjan from the from the minute that they draft him, he's the injection of youth. Yeah. Can they, you know, capitalize on that and kind of live with the mistakes that happen with that? I think that's that's always the age the age old bud question because we had Dante as an example, but you know injury got in the way of like really seeing that in full force. Luckily, knock on wood, uh, Marshawn stays healthy and all that stuff, and we can kind of see if he has Bud's full trust when it matters most. Yeah, I'll be really interested.
3: Actually, we didn't talk about this, but to watch him specifically against Boston and like. Is he able to make a plus impact when they get him out there? And, you know, he's, if he's not clamping, but is he like bothering Tatum and Brown more than like the Ingalls and the Wes Matthews of the world? Like, I think that could be really useful just tape to see before a a potential playoff series because I do think the Bucs look pretty old and slow for a lot of that Celtics series. And Marjan is obviously the antithesis of old and slow.
2: Absolutely. Um, last question from Tommy. Are Wes and George's moral support now? Slash, how much would Javon have to continue to struggle on offense for Bud to go back to Hill? Fingers crossed he won't. I'm not going to try and predict what
3: Bud will or won't do. Fool's errand. No idea. No, no idea.
2: Um, They are definitely moral support, guys. I think I would say more so Wes... Because the Bucks just have more options there. Yeah. Um, we only saw I mean, as he played well, well enough, I would say, in the in the playoffs last year. But West only had an, an enlarged role because Chris was hurt. Yeah. You know. They needed someone to, to mop do mop-up duty and be like, Okay, I'm gonna be seeing Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown for any second that I'm on the floor. Um and maybe Bud goes back to that well. I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I think that's that's how he kind of use it, just to lighten the load for everybody else. But yeah, with George, I don't know. I, I do think he is kind of, I think he, George, to me, he can be Mandy because it's like, we know how he can be when he's aggressive and is looking for a shot and not necessarily just like, you're out there just to, you know, keep things moving and not necessarily benefiting benefiting from your own shot creation and stuff like that. Um, I do think George will have a role. um, Even if it comes at Javon's expense, Javon is kind of like, we kind of see with him too. Like he can kind of be in his head about being aggressive. Is he going to shoot tonight? Is he, um, you know, is the offense running smoothly? If he's running all bench lineups and stuff like that, like, I don't necessarily think it's an easy role to have, whether it's him or George, because like how the the Bucks' offense is when it's not with Giannis or Drew, like are best players that are yes yeah. with the ball all the time, which
3: is probably a lot of the reason that Ingles was the target.
2: Yes, absolutely. to let him do that instead. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think the jury is still out about George because I think. I don't necessarily think he's good vibes, George guy. <laughs> you know, I think I do think that Bud wants. I think he. I think Bud thinks that George can can service a a role on this team. It's just a matter of the timing working out in their favor.
3: I wonder. I wonder if it'll depend on how Ingles or any other acquisition does, because I do think. I'd say I, even outside of his like his shot process, Javon's biggest struggle over the last couple of weeks, like the passing has not been good. He's throwing, no. he's spraying passes out of bounds. And I think the benefit of George, I think one is size. I think they see him more against bigger teams. He's just bigger than Javon is. Even I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a, actually a better defender, even against bigger players. But the Bucks seem to. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, George is just very steady. He's always been right. Like he'll dribble yeah. around. He'll go make the entry pass. He'll go sit in the corner. But I think you know if if Ingles comes in and you know oh yeah he can be that that bench ball handler or whatever take some of that off Javon's plate. I think Javon might actually then be in line to play more over George because he's you know probably a better shooter at this point and he's a better defender especially on smaller players and he doesn't have to worry about the other stuff. But I think George is you know if Javon's having some turnovers Ingles isn't working out then I think we might see George. I think. You know, if George and Wes are like the eleventh and twelfth guys, like the in case of injury guys, it's a pretty deep team.
2: Yep. It's pretty good. I'm not I'm not complaining about that. I think that is that, that ideally that was what we all expected. It's you better I mean? than
3: uh Teague and Elijah Bryant, which was the championship version of those guys. So That is true. That is true.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I'm not if that is where the Bucks rotation lies and again. Health, poor, minting, As I knock on oak balsa, um, if that is where the Bucks' rotation is, like that, we're fine. It's a good we're, thing. We're gonna be, yeah, it's a good thing. You then, if you know, let the chips fall where they may. And I just want to say this. Yes. I know we're, we're we're running long. Not really. I,
3: nobody wants to trust Bud. I trust Bud implicitly now. I, I disagree with him half the time, probably more than half the time this season. The things that I thought were dumb worked out for the Bucs. I was yeah. crying bloody murder about George playing a bunch in a game. He hit a couple threes and played really good in that game. Like I, I'm ready to ride with Bud. Like, I, I I like Javon Carter. I think Javon is better than George Hill at this point. If there's games where George Hill plays, I'm going to say, you know what? I'll trust the call. Like I don't think there's been anything egregiously bad. I disagree with things. I also think, and this was... You know, our pod with Brad Fisher of the UW Oshkosh women's basketball team helped to contextualize like some of this is based on trust and not just Bud, but also how the team feels. Some of this is based on, you know, it's not about winning game 16. It's about being ready for the 16 game season. So I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm going to trust. I'm not going to say having a bunch of good players is a bad thing because I don't trust Bud. I've moved past it. I'll live
2: and I'll live and die with Bud. I'm there. Yep, I think that is wise words. That, that I wish that was our last question because that would be <laughs> uh, wise words to last on, but I do, that is... <laughs> not to, like, keep this going longer, but, like, the whole point of, like, we're talking about, oh, I used to play Javon Carter more and stuff like that. Things can be hard to, like, yeah. who has it? It's, it's a guessing game of, like, okay, we trust... Bud has implicit trust in all of his players. When it matters most is he going to waver on some of those guys? Yes. But it's just a matter of where does he fit in this current form? How is he playing? Can he do what it's not? He but is the figurehead, but he's also talking about the, this with his coaches. Yeah. He is, he is ultimately making decision or responsible for those decisions, but he's talking about this constantly with his coaches and stuff. Like that. it's very sensitive stuff to be like, all right, we're going to go with George over Javon or, x over y and be like okay we're going to live with this and if it doesn't work out we have to just own up to it you yeah. know what I mean like it's part of the part of the game and it's like it, that stuff is hard we're not ty- it's not talking about like okay i wish they should play Javon over giannis yeah. they they're not making these radical decisions they're just like it's role players that can you get hot at the right time the whole reason why the bucks playoff run and title run was amazing is the fact that they had so little players playing yeah. you know what I mean like they didn't go that deep um, maybe that was part of the success or whatever the case may be and I know Bud just gets a bad rap when they have a deep team but like that is ultimately what you want Yeah, <laughs> you want to have players that you could turn to all the time rather than be like for the love of God just don't let this house of cards just fall under right. soap. you know what I mean Yeah, that kind of thing and it's again it's not saying we
3: agree with everything like I still I think Javon should have played over George last playoffs but I also get it. Like it's, it's, and I think you look at every fan base has similar complaints about every coach, if not worse. And it's like, you know, nobody gets all the calls, right? Nobody does. And it's just like, there's just a, there's a difference between saying, and there's, you know, people, Oh, Bud's never made a mistake. Of course he has, but you know, he's, he's made, he's, he's made enough good choices to host some hardware and coach of the year. And one of the longest playoff streaks in the league, one of the best records in the league in his tenure. Like, I, I'm willing to live with the mistakes. Like, I don't think you're going to find anyone better. He's proven. He's won me over. Absolutely. Um,
2: last questions from God of Chris Revenge Tourist, Uh, He asked, what will it take for Bud to start Javon over Grayson as the fifth starter once Chris is back for good? Or is Marjan the real answer for the fifth starter?
3: Mm. I don't know. Start at Javon, what would it take? Probably probably Grayson the same thing. What would you say? Grayson Grayson be hurt? No, I think the I think the same thing it took last time for this decision to be made with a different player. I think it would take a Grayson slump, a prolonged Grayson slump. I and mean, that's more or less how we ended up with Wes, yeah. right? I mean, that was an injury too, but he also just wasn't playing well. And Wes would fill in and played much better. And then eventually it just became... Such So maybe it would take an injury or just like a prolonged, like, you know, 10 games of bad grace, which I, I hope we wouldn't see. I mean, you certainly would hope he's able to be more consistent, but I do think it would probably take that. Like, I don't know if there's anything. I don't know if Javon could win it back, especially because it seems like this role he's currently in is not ideal for him.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I think it's Grayson. I mean, <laughs> Again, the fifth starter for the Bucks is always going to be like, it, it's going to be interchangeable in terms of like fans' minds because it's like, oh, let's go with the better guy. Let's go with the better guy. Grace Allen, as much as like he does frustrate me, you want to see him play the best he could play every game. He's having a pretty good season. <laughs> yeah. He's shooting the ball well. He's playing decent defensively. and He's not the strongest defender at 6'4 or whatever it is. He's going to be looked at as the mismatched target for every opposing defense or opposing team he still has value to this team. He's still, I we talked about like with Adam a couple weeks ago, where it's like Chris is coming back. Who is the fifth starter? They went with Grayson because at least I made the, the argument that like the, the buck ceiling, at least offensively is made higher. If yeah. Grayson is playing as well as he is, it's just a matter of coexisting with all the, you know, top players. Um, Javon, he can do that. Certainly defensively, I, He's a bulldog um, by his own admission. Mm-hmm. And having that is going to be of use to them, but it's. Can he play right? Could he kind of get through? He's had his own ups and downs this year. Grayson has too, but Grayson's kind of been winning out that, I guess, head to head battle.
3: Yeah. I'll say the one other circumstance is if defensively they really started to struggle with guarding a second guard, which yeah. I, I think clearly like. We've talked about the overlap with Chris and Grayson offensively. Defensively, you'd probably want them to both guard wings more. I guess Grayson, you don't mind guarding guards because he kind of gets overpowered by wings too. But like if you're playing the Cavs, again, they're just not healthy, so we just don't know. But like you're playing the Cavs with that Chris Grayson starting lineup, and like, you know, Drew is on Mitchell, let's say, and Garland's just killing you because you have to put Grayson on him. And then the next night, you're playing you know, whoever else, the Kings and Kevin Herter's killing you and you have good defense on Fox. Like if that continued happening, then maybe you say, you know what, we do need the defense. Chris is playing well offensively now. He's still playing good defensively. We also don't want to put Chris on Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell. Like that is the one thing. And I still think, I mean, a matchup based starting five is not very Bucks. I don't think it would be an awful move, but it just doesn't seem like something they want to do
2: yeah i i kind of agree with that like they i also too like it's not this i know there's always gonna be about the fifth starter who you're putting in the starting lab it's also gonna be based on i think the bigger question is closing because they have so many options we're not even talking about that here but we kind of just he his role is so built in that like Yeah, he may not be starting, but he might be out there when when it matters most. Especially the way he's been playing lately. shot's falling again. Shot's falling. He's getting aggressive to the rim. Yeah. Playing. I mean, he does as well as he can defensively. It's just a matter of holding up against, you know, the bigger names. How good would Pat Um, have to play to start starting?
3: Well, he just have to like, the level of the last, like, let's say, two, three games. Like, if he just keeps that up for a month.
2: I don't know. It's interesting. That is, I mean, it wouldn't be interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have to necessarily worry about him coexisting with the starters like I'd be with like Grayson or something.
3: No, because uh, you, like you say, he's been a closer now for a while or at least oh, a semi-closer. Yeah. Like he's a fourth quarter minutes guy. Like it's not like he's not used to playing with these guys.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, I and to the second part of that question, I don't think – I don't think long term Marjan is, or well, at least, sorry, for the season. Yeah, long-term. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah long I is like, oh, I hope he yeah. I don't think Marjan is that answer. No, not this year. I would love to be proven wrong if he's, again, just this Yeah, underrated, uncut gem. Yeah, Ma- um, Marjan, Marjan's found.
3: averaging 20 and 5 in January. A- Wait, what's
2: going on? <laughs> he's not starting? What is, okay, but we're we starting. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, let's have a combo
2: here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, It's, it's hard. They have a lot of good players. That's part of where we're at. It's like, okay, we're talking about Grace and Javon. We barely, I brought up Pat because we didn't talk about Pat. Wes, yeah, we don't really want to see that anymore. Like, I wouldn't mind if Wes is playing and if he's playing well, we're going to celebrate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, this is, this is the luxury of having a deep team. You want to have options. And if they're all healthy, it doesn't, it doesn't make it any easier when, you know, your season's on the line. You're playing against the Celtics or going through your playoff run. But they have players. And the fact that we're talking about Marjan in this, you know, scenario is kind of interesting. Credit um, to him. Very credit to him. I mean, he's been really good since coming back. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, all right. Those are the questions. But we have one more segment. Oh, yeah. I, I have a question for you, actually. Oh, so we are talking yes. about
3: this death. So... Would you prefer, and I know we just talked about how the depth is a good thing and everything else, but are they are they like let's say 12-ish right now, right? 13-ish? I guess 14 if you think Surge is playable, aka everyone but Wara. Sorry, Jordan, trade Jordan somewhere, put let Jordan play. But would you prefer the Bucks to keep this depth or to consolidate a few players slash contracts to get one more player you trust more, Alec Crowder? So instead of and let's not use let's don't don't say him in particular, but instead of the idea of like we swap out Grayson for Crowder, it's we swap out you know um, Wara Hill West or whatever the salaries are for someone like that.
2: I wouldn't mind it. I just to simplify
3: uh, th- even though we just said we trust, but and everything just to simplify things a little bit maybe.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't mind it, because ultimately you're banking it on a more talented player or someone who can fill a role. Yeah. I think Adam and I talked about, though, like, the thing that the Bucks had to weigh this year, I think more so than any other year, or uh, under the Bud era, is like, they, they made this concerted effort to bring everybody back it's about continuity and yeah yep. it's so anti what the NBA is all about you know presumably um I do think if you take a piece away or pieces away and consolidate what are you losing you you may not be losing like you know uh rotation players or uh players that you would have played a lot in playoff time if your team is fully healthy. Yeah. But I do think there is something to be said about like just keeping the good vibes and stuff like that. Like yeah. it is everything is so it's such a long season and like when it comes playoff times like how many times have we seen like in throughout NBA history a team struggling or you know getting bounced out of the playoffs or like something truly like apocalyptic happening and it changes the course of like their whole uh run yeah like we see the jazz were kind of i mean it had been simmering for a long time but like the fact that they were unable to go deeper than the second round of playoffs like played into the factor of like we're gonna blow it up with donovan and rudy on top of them just like kind of hate each other <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> but like it just, i think it's just like a matter of like keeping the peace and keeping things even keel and like they're so it as much as like we talk about Giannis being such a team first guy and, and that is, I'm not saying he is not, yeah, yeah, but he is also a strong presence in the, in the whole grand scheme of things. And like, he expects so much of himself and expects others to kind of, you know, lead by, he's leading by example that if you don't have the guy that like a, a, something to counterbalance that or kind of add to that, it can kind of think, make things a lot more Really serious I guess. yeah that's where i'm at with it, it's a it's uh it's a two prong multi-prong kind of thing <laughs> yeah it me. is
3: it is you don't want to you certainly don't want to jeopardize culture i mean i think they could probably move past it but it is it's it does go against the continuity they've preached yeah for sure
2: um all right are you ready Oh i i as ready as i can be jordan yeah, so this is the uh, Mike Dunlap Tweet of the Week. We had some good contenders. This is our, I think, third. No, fourth. It doesn't matter. Fourth straight week of doing this. Um, and Mike Dunlap is reflecting on the current mood. It's, we're a couple days away from Christmas. Mm. Happy holidays to everybody. Let's hear from the words of Mike Dunlap. Reflection. Impact. Service. Holiday is a good time for coaching staff and team to sit in a semicircle and articulate what they are grateful for from last several months or year. Taking time to express gratitude creates a mindset, jettisoning most from personal struggles and setbacks. Very inspirational. Very inspirational stuff from Mike. That is. I uh, Sorry, I got distracted.
3: Can you put on your uh, Talk of the Tundra hat for a second, Jordan? We have news. Big news, actually. Wait, what? The Packers and star offensive lineman Elkton Jenkins have agreed to terms on a massive four year extension where 68 million base value with a max value of 74 million. Whoa. Whoa. Second highest uh, paid guard in the NFL, if you consider him a guard, which apparently the
2: Packers do now. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. That is, yeah, that is kind of surprising timing, I guess.
3: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know there's not like the same extension deadlines, I think, that are in the NBA, but it yeah. just felt like there was all these murmur, oh, they might have to let him go and everything else, and the Packers are like, no, we're not going to do that. I don't know where this money is coming from, because I feel like their cap situation has been fraught.
2: <laughs> a but, good, good question. Um, <laughs> a very good question.
3: But you need more guys who can play guard for sure, so you don't hate keeping a good offensive lineman.
2: Yeah, don't hate it, especially with David Boxtiari, maybe they move this kind of Gels, you know, uh push them to move on from him. Yeah. As much as that's gonna be Cap Hell too. Yeah. Interesting timing to say the least.
3: week sixteen before the Dolphins. Game. They needed they needed that extra surge of momentum for the Miami game.
2: You know, I don't I don't blame them because they <laughs> might get massacred. Um but yeah, that is interesting timing. Um talk about a team that uh disappointed everybody the Packers, <laughs> and let's go back to a team that gives me good good vibes good feelings the bucks the bucks but yeah i think i think that's about that about covers it um this is when adam usually plugs everything and now i'm forgetting how he plugs all this stuff um <laughs> you can find us at on twitter at winn6 numerical value <laughs> podcast um the eurostep podcast network you can find all of our, our podcasts Talk of the Tundra. We yeah. breaking news. Uh cruising for a bruise and They're going strong in the offseason as the Bruise are kind of sitting on the sidelines. They're they're patiently waiting. Some good moves. Matt, they make some moves, very big moves, but P- Matt Arnold is a man of just like he's like a cobra. You don't know what Ooh. he's gonna strike. Yeah. He's, yeah, you gotta like just he's doing his little cobra dance, I guess. Um I am for Eurostep, obviously. Uh, make time for this. I think that's all of our podcasts. I always forget how many podcasts we have. Um, you can find them on social media. Join the GSPN Discord. We're running a survey. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. On just everything GSPN related. Um, yeah, this is me trying to close a podcast I don't normally do, and I mean <laughs> it's it to, doing great, doing pretty good. Yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, that was that is it for winning six, and uh, we'll. We'll fine. I think t- the time will be better for uh, Adam and I will connect next week. But, yeah, thank you for filling in, Ty. Of course. Thank you, and Jordan. There we go. Thank you. How uh, Can I say thank you to myself? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're thankful. Happy holidays, everyone, yes. as well. Happy holidays. Uh, yep, that's it.